Now, this morning will be our last message, final message on, on, uh, on healing. Uh, I started off, I thought it would just be one message, but now it's ended up with six messages. And this morning we want to look at, at healing and evangelism. The link, last, word, last week we looked at the link between healing and God's word. This morning it's healing and evangelism. Now the words of Jesus himself in the Great Commission in Mark's Gospel. And Jesus says, Mark 16 and verse 15. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And Mark enumerates on that, uh, Matthew enumerates on that. It wasn't just to preach the gospel and get people saved. That's just the first step. Then we are to disciple and to teach so that those ones who come to the Lord can grow, can mature, can go on in the Lord. But Jesus said, so it was the, the call to evangelize, verse 15. And then in verse 17, Jesus said, These signs shall follow them that believe. These signs shall follow them that believe. He spoke about speaking in tongues and casting out evil spirits. But then he said in verse 18, These signs shall follow them that believe. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Now, who did God say that to? Who did Jesus say those words to? Well, it wasn't just to pastors. It wasn't just to missionaries. It wasn't just to teachers. It wasn't just to prophets. No. It said, these signs shall follow them that believe. Them that believe. And so we, everybody in the sanctuary, as far as I know, are those who believe. You believe. You're saved. We know Christ. We've come to the Lord. We've had our sins forgiven. We've put our trust in the Lord. And Jesus has come into our hearts and we've been born again. So each one here this morning is a believer. These signs, and, and Jesus said, this is the last words he said before he ascended up into heaven, these signs shall follow them that believe. And part of what Jesus said is, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So that means you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Let's say it out loud together. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. We can do better than that. Again, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. One more time. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And so there is a strong connection between healing and evangelism. And healing is often an important tool in evangelism. And many, you know, Indian pastors who I talked to while we were living in it, we lived there 13 years and during that time there, and, you know, often I would ask them how they came to the Lord. And many, many found Christ and came to the Lord. And they're pastors today, they're in the ministry today and being used of God today. But often how they came to Jesus... And many times it was through a healing, 
It was through a miracle. It was something supernatural God did. Somebody was healed. Someone in their family was healed. God answered prayer. Evil spirits were cast out. And, and they came to the Lord in the miraculous. And in the ministry of Jesus himself, we read in Matthew 4, 23, And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. So it speaks in this verse in, in Matthew chapter 4. Also, it's repeated again in Matthew chapter 9, and it speaks about the ministry of Jesus. The ministry of Jesus involves teaching. The ministry of Jesus involves preaching. The ministry of Jesus involves healing. Preaching, teaching, preaching, and healing. And in Mark 1, 27 and 28, Gospel of St. Mark, chapter 1, and there, you know, Jesus casts out this evil spirit out of the man who was worshipping in the synagogue, in the Jewish synagogue on the Sabbath day. And the people there, in verse 27, Mark 1, 27, they were amazed insomuch that they questioned amongst, them, amongst themselves, what thing is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority he commands even the unclean spirits, and they do obey him. And then in verse 28, it says, Immediately his fame it spread out, spread abroad. So through a healing, through a miracle, through a deliverance, Jesus became known. Jesus became known. His fame spread abroad in the whole area. And as a result, as a result of that one, one deliverance, of that man being set free from an evil spirit in the temple, as a result, many people, many, many were healed, and, and, and the fame of Jesus went throughout all the area. And, and the result was great multitudes followed Jesus. We see that in verse 24 and in verse 25. The result of that healing was that many people followed Jesus. And so the healing power of Jesus, the healing power of Jesus is not only for those within the church. In fact, the healing power of Jesus is often for those without the church. And God uses healing you know, as a sign and uses healing to draw people into the kingdom of God. You know, in one day, in Mark's, Mark's gospel there, in one day, Jesus was able to capture the attention of that the whole city, the whole city, through just one miracle, through one miracle. We see that in verse 32 and in verse 33. Mark 1 and verse 32 and verse 33, it says, and at even when the sun did set, they brought unto him all that were diseased and them that were possessed with demons. And all the city, all of the city was gathered together at the door. And, you know, in the last day revival, and uh, Brother, Sh Brother Schrock Mullen's been, been teaching Sunday school the last four weeks, very good series on the last day revival and preparing for revival. And, you know, we must prepare our hearts for revival. And in the last day revival, God will, will bring multitudes together. 
And I believe one way, one key way that God will do this is through healings and miracles. Because what we see in the life of Jesus, we're going to see in the last days. But Jesus said it would even be on a, on, a, on a greater scale. I mean, Jesus said, the things that I do, you will do also. And that is an incredible statement. But then he says something even more amazing. This is in John 14, 12, that even greater things shall you do because Jesus goes to the Father. So Jesus spoke of you know, his people in the last days, in revival in the last days, you know, being greatly used of God and a great harvest coming in. Now, as we read the Gospels, not only do we see Jesus going forth and healing the sick in Matthew and in Mark and Luke and in John, but we also see in the Gospels that not only did Jesus heal himself, but Jesus sent out his disciples. He sent out the 12 so that they could heal and, they, and, and, and for, they, for them to do what Jesus did. And he sent them to, to preach to the unbelievers, to preach the gospel. But he, he not, only, not only to preach the gospel, he sent them out with power to heal and to do miracles. We see that in Matthew chapter 10 in the first 15 verses. So he sent them out, and they were to preach the gospel. But not only that, those 12, they were instructed by Jesus and empowered by Jesus to heal the sick. And, you know, that's the purpose, God, of our salvation, not just to be saved that someday we go to heaven. No, but God has a ministry, God has a plan, God has a purpose. And one of those plans and purposes is to heal the sick. And Jesus, that's why the, the Holy Spirit came. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit shall come upon you, and you shall be witnesses, bold witnesses unto me. And we want to be witnesses by the grace of God, like the Apostle Paul, like the Apostle Peter, like those early believers. And they were witnesses, you know, and, and they saw signs and wonders following the preaching and the teaching of the Word of God. So, Jesus not only healed himself, he sent out the 12 to heal. And Jesus not only sent the 12 to heal, but another occasion, he sent out 70 other disciples. He sent them out to heal the sick. And he gave them power to heal the sick. And we see this in Luke's Gospel, chapter verses 1 to 11. And so Jesus also sent out the 70 to heal the sick and to preach. We see that in verse 9. And so then we go on after Jesus. Jesus, you know, he, he, gave that, um, he gave that commission to us in Mark 15 that we were to go and preach the gospel, that we were to lay hands on the sick and that they would recover. And then we come to the book of Acts. And, you know, in the book of Acts, I mean, the book of Acts is a miracle, a miracle book. I mean, virtually you can't go through a chapter without there being some healing or miracle or, or deliverance or the power of God, the supernatural power of God being manifest. And, you know, it's the story of the early church. It's full of healings. It's full of miracles. And uh, it was the first miracle, you know, on the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit came. 
They're all filled with the Holy Spirit. They spoke in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And the people who had gathered to celebrate that feast from other nations round about, they heard them speaking in their own language, the wonderful works of God. A wonderful miracle. And then in the next chapter, chapter 3, there's a lame man and he's begging. And Peter comes, Peter's going to the temple to pray. That was his custom, the third hour of the day. The, 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 and as, he go, as he's going to the temple to pray, there's this beggar. He's wanting money. And so Peter says, well, you know, silver and gold, I don't have. I don't have money. Silver and gold have I none. But then he said, you know, such as I have, give I thee. He had something. He had the power of the Holy Spirit. And so what did he say? He said, in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And that man, when he heard those words, the faith of God was there and the power of God was there. And he was, he, he was, raised, from the, he was raised up and he was leaping and he was leaping and shouting and praising God for the wonderful miracle which the Lord did. And that notable miracle, just one miracle in chapter 3, we read in chapter 5 and chapter 4 and verse 4 of Acts that that one miracle resulted in 5,000 men who believed and who came to the Lord. I mean, what a, what a wonderful, what a one, one miracle. One miracle, 5,000 men. If you add the, the wives and children, maybe 15, 20, 20,000 people or more who, who got, came to the Lord. And, uh, you know, that's certainly quick. Imagine the, imagine the time and effort to win them one by one, one by one, one by one. Well, it's good to win people one by one. And Jesus spent time winning people one by one. And we should do that too. But just think, you know, one miracle. And then straight away, just all on the same day, you know, over 5,000, 5,000 come to Christ. So there's a connection, there's a relationship between healing and between the harvest coming in, the end time harvest, and you know, multitudes coming into the kingdom of God. And so this miracle in Acts 3, it was a powerful and effective tool for evangelism. Then you go over to Acts chapter 5, another miracle. And then we see the apostle Peter and the sick people, the power of God, the anointing of God was so great upon Peter that even when Peter walked, even when Peter walked and people were saying, his shadow, if I can just come under his shadow, I'll be healed. And people came under the shadow of Peter and a miracle happened and their sickness was, you know, instantly gone. I mean, what an incredible, what an incredible miracle. And as a result of that miracle of Peter, multitudes were added to the Lord. We see that in verse 14. Multitudes, many were added to the Lord. That's in the shadow brought healing. Acts 5 and verse 12. Acts 5 and verse 12. And it says, By the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. It's interesting that they were with one accord. And often where there is unity... God comes and God works. And often where there is unity, 
you know, healings happen, miracles happen. You know, sometimes, you know, we don't see the miracle, but certain times there's, there's reasons for it. And one of the reasons the, this, these mighty miracles happened is they were in one accord, they were in unity together. And it says, verse 14, and believers were the more added to the Lord, multitudes of men and women. And so they, they brought the sick, they put the sick people on the street and laid them on beds and couches. And just that even the shadow of, of Peter passing by might, might overshadow them in verse 15. And then in the end of verse 16, it says, and they were healed, everyone, everyone. Not one missed out. Everyone was healed. Everyone was healed. What an incredible, you know, incredible testimony. And Peter was given power with people coming under his shadow, being wonderfully healed in every single one. And then we go on to chapter 8. And there we come to Philip. Philip goes to Samaria. Samaria is north of, north of Jerusalem. And he preached the gospel. And many people came to the Lord. But when he preached the gospel, he also prayed for the sick. And there were many healings and many healings and many miracles that took place. And some people, they had evil spirits, demons cast out of them. And as a result, many people got saved. And there was revival that came to Samaria. And there was great joy in the city. And so, you know, it's clear. And verse 6 tells us, chapter 8 and verse 6, it says, And the people with one accord, they gave heed to those things which Philip spoke, hearing and seeing, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. And then evil spirits came out. And then end of verse 7, And they that were lame, couldn't walk, they were healed. And the result of that was great joy. Great joy was in the city. I'm sure there was. What tremendous joy there would have been. Then we come on to chapter 9, the next chapter 9, and with the continuing ministry of, of Peter. And there was this man, his name was Aeneas, Aeneas, and he had not been, he was paralyzed. He hadn't been able to walk for eight years. And Peter spoke to him and said, Aeneas, Jesus Christ makes you whole. Arise, make up your beard. And immediately he jumped up. And immediately he was healed. He rose immediately. And, and that miracle, it was a notable miracle, but it was the key to seeing a whole area that turned to the Lord as a result of that. And then in the same chapter, chapter 9, we read about Dorcas, the raising of Dorcas. She was, she was full of good works and she you know, got clothes and knitted things and, and many, she helped many, many ladies, many people. And she died. She, she died. And Peter went there and he went into the room and he prayed and God did a miracle and she, was, she rose from the dead. And that miracle caused many in the city of Joppa, that's modern-day Tel Aviv in Israel, or near, just, just south of Tel Aviv, and, and surrounding areas to believe in the Lord, to believe in the Lord. And so, you know, page after page in Acts of the Apostles, we see, we see healing, and we see you know, the, la the link to 
to evangelism and to multitudes coming in. And that's exactly what's going to happen in the coming revival. There's going to be, there's going to be a harvest. And by the grace of God, it's going to be a, a big harvest. And that, if the early church, that was the early reign, and the, the, the last day church, and in the, in, they had the, the latter reign in Israel. Israel had the two reigns. And so the first reign, the, the softer reign, uh, is, a, is a picture, is a type of the revival in the early church. But the, 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 the second main reign, the latter reign, which brought the crops to maturity, that's a picture of the church in the last days. And that brought the, the crops to maturity. And there was a you know, there's a great reaping. Many souls were saved in Acts of the Apostles. But how much more is it going to be in this last day revival? Which we're on the, I believe we're on the threshold of that. And as we heard this morning, we need to prepare. We need to prepare. We need to prepare. Acts chapter 9, Dorcas, yeah, raised from the dead through Peter. And... It caused many to believe. And then the ministry of the Apostle Paul. And when we read the writings of the Apostle Paul, you know, as a result, and, and the missionary journeys of the Apostle Paul, as a result of healing and miracles, Paul saw many to Paul saw many turn to the Lord for salvation. Many came to the Lord, many got saved as a result of of, of healing and miracles in the ministry of the, 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 the great Apostle Paul. And just, just a couple of quotes from, from his letters. In, in 1 Corinthians, 1, 1 Corinthians 2 verse 4, Paul's writing to this, this Corinthian church, when, and Paul founded the, the, the Corinthian church, and he says, My speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and power, and power. So that was the, 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 the ministry of the Apostle Paul. It was in the supernatural. Let's read it together. Let's read it together and just pray that God sinks it, not just in your head, but into your spirit. Let's read it together out loud. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. 1 Corinthians 4 verse 20. 1 Corinthians 4 verse 20. And let's read this one together. For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. 1 Corinthians 4 20. For the, after me, for the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. All right, there we go. And the next one is 1 Thessalonians 1 and verse 5. 1 Thessalonians verse 5. And I'll just read it first. For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit. All right, let's read that one. For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance, as you know what manner of man we were among you for your sake. So, you know, at, on the, the first missionary journey of the Apostle Paul and at Iconium, God 
God granted signs and wonders to be done by the hands of, of Paul and, and Barnabas. That's in Acts chapter 14. And then also in Acts chapter 14, a notable miracle occurred at Lystra. Lystra was a town, it would be in modern-day Turkey. It's where the, it was the hometown of, of Timothy. He was the son in faith, to one of the, the sons, spiritual sons of the Apostle Paul. And at, when Paul came to Lystra, there was a man who'd never walked. And, and uh, Paul prayed, and he was wonderfully, wonderfully healed. And he was leaping and, and walking. And then, you know, persecution arose in that place. But in spite of the persecution, Paul was driven out of the place. But in spite of that, a local church was, was established, was saved, and uh, it was started and was raised up, at, was raised up at, at Lystra. So through that miracle, through that healing, people came to the Lord, and, and a church was raised up. And then at Ephesus, at Ephesus, and let's, let's turn to this one in, in, in Acts 19. In Acts 19, and Paul goes to Ephesus. And this is on his third missionary journey. Paul, he stays there for, for two years, and he teaches the word of God. He has a Bible school there in Ephesus. And from Ephesus, the word of the Lord goes out all over the province of Asia. And, you know, many churches are established. Many people come to the Lord. And it tells us that in verse 9, the, the, the last part of verse 9, chapter 19, it says, Paul was, he was teaching in the school of one Tyrannus. And he was teaching there for two years, verse 10. So that everyone all over Asia, they heard the word of the Lord, Jesus, Jews and Greeks. And then verse 11, and God wrought special miracles, special miracles by the hands of Paul. And from his body, they took out handkerchiefs and aprons, diseases departed from them, and the evil spirits went out of them. So what Paul did, he, he combined teaching with healing. And he taught for two years at Ephesus. And during that time, while he was teaching, he, he, not, not only did he teach, but he wrought special miracles were, were, were wrought by the hand of Paul. And those who dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord. And Acts 19, verses 10 to 12. And the, this is a picture. This is a type. It's a, a What happened in the early church, what happened in Acts 19 under the Apostle Paul, is a type of what God is doing and will be doing in these last days. And God is preparing teachers of righteousness. Many teachers of righteousness will be, will be, will be raised up. And teachers of righteousness will be sent out to the nations, to many nations. And, and will teach at Bible schools. And I believe God is wanting to anoint them, anoint them not only to teach the word of God, but anoint them with the power of God to see healings and miracles. Like the Apostle Paul, manifesting the power of God in healing and in miracles. And, you know, God... God can use every believer to heal. These signs shall follow them that believe. But there are also special ministries. And there's the gifts of the Holy Spirit. One of those gifts are the, are the, are the gifts of plural, gifts of healing. 
Another one of those nine gifts are the, the gift of miracles. And some, some have a, you know, a special ministry, special ministry in healing. And one of those was Smith Wigglesworth. And he lived from 1859 to 1947. And Pastor Bailey said he never, he never met Smith Wigglesworth. And that, Pastor Bailey, he got saved the same year that Smith Wigglesworth died. And, uh, and, and Smith Wigglesworth, he also came to New Zealand. But I never met him because I was only about one year old at the time. But um, he had a well-known healing ministry from England. And there's about over 14 different ca documented cases of people being raised from the dead through his ministry. And he was a simple man. He was a plumber. He could hardly read or write. He was sent out to work. His, he, he was so poor that he had to get seven years of age and he had to go out to work. And wo he worked 12 hours a day um, just, just to stay alive um, because they were so poor. But anyway, he came to, to the Lord and miraculously, his, his wife taught him to read or write. He never read any other book except the Bible. But he saw every miracle in the book of Acts. Just to, he saw that and including many raised from the dead. And he, he even raised his, his wife from the dead when she died. And, and, and then, and then because he, he wanted, she was his help in the ministry, but, but then she, she was raised from the dead and she had no Smith. It's my time to go. Let me go. Anyway, he released her and she went back to glory. But um, yeah, he had some powerful testimonies. One, one, one testimony he had is there was a, a man, he had no feet. He had no feet. And his legs were cut off, I think, just below the knees. And I'm not sure why, but anyway. And one time, Smith Wigglesworth was with him. And the faith of God, I mean, he was filled with faith. And, and the word of, word of faith came. And he said to the man, he said to the man, go and buy some shoes. And the man thought he was joking, didn't they? But then he, he lay in bed at night. That night, he lay in bed. And he couldn't get over, over in his mind, over. The man of God, go and buy some shoes. Go and buy some shoes. So he got up. He got somebody to help him. He was in a wheelchair or something. But they got to the shoe shop when it opened. And he said to the guy that came to serve him, he said, I want a pair of black shoes, size eight. And then the guy looked at his, he had no foot, no feet, and only half a leg. And then the, the attendant said, the, the guy at the shoe shop said, he said, I can't, sorry, I can't help you, sir. I cannot help you. Uh, and, but then he was insistent that faith you know, gripped his heart. And he said, I said, I said, please get me a pair of black shoes, size eight. And so anyway, the guy went up and climbed up a ladder and way up there in a box and brought them down. And he, he got one shoe and he put it on, the, he put it on his... You know, the, the stump of his leg, he put the shoe there. And instantly, right in the shoe shop, that leg grew out and a foot grew out and the toes grew out and he put on the shoe. And then he, the same thing happened with the other shoe and he started walking. I mean, that, that was the sort of, some of the miracles that, that uh, Smith Wigglesworth saw. And in fact, Lester Sumrall, he wrote one of his books, uh, and he wrote a book about Smith Wigglesworth, but in his, and other people as well. But in, in the, this book by Lester Sumrall, it's called The Pioneers of Faith, and he recounts his conversation with Smith Wigglesworth. 
and it goes like this. Shutting his eyes again, he said, I see the greatest revival in the history of mankind coming to planet Earth, maybe as never before. And I see every form of disease healed. I see whole hospitals emptied with no one there. Even the doctors are running down the street shouting. And then Smith Wigglesworth told Lester Sumrall that there would be untold numbers of unaccountable, uncountable multitudes that would be saved. No man will say, you know, so many, so many, because nobody will be able to count those who come to Jesus. No disease will be able to stand against God's people. It will be a worldwide, worldwide situation, not local, he said, a worldwide thrust of God's power and God's anointing upon mankind. I mean, that's powerful. That's powerful. And there, Smith Wigglesworth, before he died, he died in 1947, you know, he prophesied about the, the coming revival in the last days. And not only that there'll be, you know, huge harvest of souls, uncountable, that are swept into the kingdom of God, but there'll be incredible healings and miracles. I mean, imagine that, a whole hospitals emptied out. You know, people with, the, with the, the healing virtue, those healing streams flowing, flowing, flowing. Wow. Now, I want to come back in closing to the same verses we started with tonight, started with this morning. And, you know, often the, the, focus, the focus has been very much. And I know m many are sick, many are sick, in the church. And I believe it's God's desire to heal. It's God's desire, desire to heal. But we must not stop there. And the focus of the message this morning is not so much God healing us, but us being used as channels to witness, to evangelize, and to pray for the sick and by the power of grace of God and the power of God to see miracles and to see the sick, sick healed. God desires not only to heal us, but to use us as channels, channels of healing, channels to bring healing to others. And that's what Jesus said. Go into all the world, preach the gospel. We're to share Christ And as Jesus said, these signs shall follow them that believe. These signs shall follow them that believe. One of those signs, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. They shall have recover. And let's pray. Let's be praying. At least we can be praying that God will help us to begin to do this. You know, you know, when you may be witnessing to somebody, they go and they tell you, a family member or someone, they're sick and so on. I mean, offer to pray for them. Offer, offer to pray for them. Offer to pray for them in Jesus' name. And, you know, sometimes the first thing we can do when we're sick is to, you know, rush off to the doctor or to get to the medicine tablet. But the first thing we should be doing is go to Dr. Jesus, going to the Lord. And... You know, in, in our families, 
You know, somebody's sick, children are sick. You know, hus- husbands or wives, lay hands on them, pray for them in Jesus' name. And, and you know, don't, sometimes you, get, you pray for a few people and don't get healed and you get discouraged and you stop. You know, I prayed for probably thousands of people. And to be honest, many times when I prayed, nothing happened. But then I'm encouraged from time to time because, for example, one time, it was 2007, I was in Indonesia praying for the sick at the end. And, and I prayed. I remember praying for this girl. She had leukemia. And all the hair had fallen out. She had cancer of the blood. And she was dying, 14 years of age. And I just anointed her with oil and laid hands on her. She had a, no hair and, and prayed for her. And then I think it was about two or three months later, then I got a letter. And, and, and then the letter was, do you remember that girl you prayed for at such and such a place? Near, near Jakarta it was. And nothing happened then. But then, you know, then I found out she'd been completely healed, completely healed. And, you know, she was living a normal you know, life again. So, you know, the healing streams, we, we, we haven't quite got to them yet. We're we not seeing them. But as we pray, as we look to the Lord, as we begin to confess these things, as we allow God to prepare us for revival, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Many people are coming. The harvest is going to come in, and it'll be a great harvest. But not only that, there'll be healings and miracles, you know, signs and wonders. You shall lay hands upon the sick, and they shall recover. You know, you never know. You never know what God will do. And God wants us to strengthen our faith. Meditate on these scriptures. Meditate. Let them, let them become a part of you. And let's pray that God will, you know, we won't just sort of talk about them. We won't just talk about this. No, but by the grace of God, we'll be those who will experience, experience you know, the healing power of Jesus. Let's just say it again. And these signs shall follow after me. And these signs shall follow them that believe. They shall lay hands upon the sick. And they shall recover. Again. And these signs shall follow them that believe. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Let's believe it. Let's believe it. Now, as the musicians come back again, and if there's any who would like prayer again, if you, you may come to the front. We'll pray again for you this morning.